Tom, I would start the conversation by being like, hey, what did you do this week? What are you having fun with? What are you enjoying? What news things have happened in gaming that you're that you're paying attention to? What movies have you seen? Stuff like that. I don't know that your particular audience would be very interested to know what things I've been watching, but that's okay. I mean, Some of them maybe, but most of them no. <laughs> like, that, that may be, but like, you can still talk about them. You're an individual. People care about you. Spike's family, though. Yeah, that's true. That, I mean, that's not what I was thinking. You were you were alluding to K dramas. I yes, of course, but Spy X Family. Though. Spy X Family is really good. I mean, Kaguya Sama also. It's a really like, so it's a really really good season for anime because like I can't remember a time we've been watching like four series at the same time. Arguably five, I think, if you count Shikimori. Oh, we just started that, so I don't know if that's like. Plus, it's not. Is it airing now? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's it's towards the end of the season, but it came out at the same time as, like, it's on, like, episode 7 or 8 or whatever mm. everything else is. But, like, I can't remember a time we've been watching. Usually we're watching one or two per season. And then we have to go back into past seasons and pick something else to fill in yeah, the Yeah, it'd be like, oh, we, yeah, we missed this. Let's something that we can binge, basically. Basically, yeah. While we're waiting for JoJo to come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is that, like, winter? I think it was Fall? September. Mm. Something like that. It's been a minute since I've read anything about it, but... It's like, I wouldn't say that there's one... Spy X Family's really good, but it's also really early. There isn't anything that is, like, really top tier on a level of, like, Attack on Titan or something like that. Where it's like, this is an all-time great. But Spy X Family has that potential for sure. It super does. There was not enough Anya in the last episode. (laughs) It's true. Well, they they sent her the they sent her to bed so so the adults could could have a chat. I'm really tired of the the Onichan. Like, why do they have to have the whole like the overprotective siblings meddling in romantic relationship thing? Is weird. I mean, I suppose we have a version of that. You know, we have the the dad or the older brother like cocking the shotgun. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, the alpha male situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's different here. It because, doesn't have like, the same connotation. It doesn't no. feel... It doesn't... I don't know. I don't want to say it feels pervy. No, it feels but... like... It feels like the connotation of these types of relationships in anime is like the the overprotective sibling is like, you can't be in love with my sister because I am. Like, I won't accept you because you're not a better match for her than me. Like, it's not protective because like, oh, well, she's family and I need to make sure that she's looked after. It's like, it's possessive. Yeah. Rather than protective. In a strange way. In a, yeah. And in the case of Spy X Family, I feel like they played it up a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. But not any more than any other show that we've ever watched in anime specifically that has that kind of vibe. But. No, if anything, it was like weirdly disappointing because they've done a good job of kind of sidestepping a lot of tropes, but they stepped right into that one. Well, that and it was like Comey. I'm really enjoying Comey for most of the characters, but you know the one. Yeah. You, if, you, if you're watching Comey Can't Communicate. You know. You know the one girl who is like, the problem. It's like, it would be such a, it's it's a great show. 
And yeah, I it's still a great it. show. But it would be on another level if that wasn't there. And the same is true for Demon Slayer with what is it, Zenitsu. If yeah. Zenitsu's character in the first arc didn't exist, I would have been much happier. That show was beautifully done. Animation was great. Storytelling, acting, all that. All that. Great music. His character just drove me insane to the point where I just didn't want to watch the show anymore. But we had to slug through it because we expected good things from the ending. And now we haven't gone back to the show. And everybody's like, oh, it's so good. And maybe his character had a heel turn. And he's awesome now. I don't know. Probably not. I think in wrestling parlance, this would be a face turn. What did I say? Heel turn? Heel turn. <sighs> I mean, he's technically a, he's technically a good guy, but he is he's definitely a heel. In terms of his, in terms of his demeanor. On the flip side of that, I just finished watching Pachinko, and you and I talked about it a yeah. little bit. Uh, it's a it's a K drama that's been adapted from a, a, I think it's New York Times bestselling novel, hmm. like incredible novel that I haven't read yet that I'm probably going to read now because the drama was super good. Um, but it's on it's only on Apple TV, so I literally subscribed oh. to Apple TV in order to watch the show because it was. Everybody's talking about it. But it is not your typical K-drama fodder that you get on Netflix or even Vicky. It's like really beautiful music. Incredibly interesting storytelling. What? I just, I like. It's not business proposal, okay? No, listen. <laughs> it's just like what you said. And I know what you meant. I know what you meant. But what you said is like, oh, it's not your typical K-drama fodder. It's really beautiful and well done. I mean, there are a dime a dozen. There's so many of them that come out. I have to, I have to preface it with like I watch a ton of them, but I'm very picky about what I watch, and I gravitate towards romance. Right. Sometimes thriller, but mostly romance. If the thriller has romance, occasionally I'll get into one that I'm like, oh, this is a romance show, and then I'm like, why am I crying every day? This is this is heartbreaking. But Pachinko had just cultural significance historical significance like it's it's all really different than what i normally would watch but i think anybody else that watched it with me would say wow this was really special and apparently they've been greenlit for a second season so hmm. i'll cancel my apple tv and then come back when it's ready yeah resubscribe in six to nine months or so. i mean i know there's tons of like american produced television shows that are really good that are on apple tv but i just i have no interest in watching that i mean I i'm can't that person name one uh, Ted Lasso, I think, is on there. Oh, is that where that is? Yeah. Okay. I've heard of that. Okay, look, look, I know some that out of at the names. last second. <laughs> <laughs> well done, because I, I had nothing. As, far, had nothing as, as far as games are concerned, he's still doing a whole lot of what he was doing a couple weeks ago. You are. Okay, so let's loop this around and say, hey, everybody, welcome to the Retro Breakdown. Tom's gone. Miss you, Tom. For a couple weeks. So... Hi, I'm Jesse. I am Lavi Clarinet on Instagram and Twitter, and Jesse with an I on Twitch. I don't stream very often. If I do, I stream on Time Wanderer's channel. And you are that guy, <laughs> that person. I'm his his wife. Yeah, we're married. I've been on here before. Yeah, you know me. We did Sonic Three a few months ago, um, and so yeah, you're here, and you uh, you played Dark Souls, so we're gonna talk that. about that. In a little bit. But uh, yeah, Tom is out of the country for a couple weeks. And we we're only going to do this one week uh, fill-in. But he's going to be gone for a little bit longer than we expected. So 
we're going to probably have uh, two weeks of... I hate to call you, like, a substitute host, because, like... I mean... I mean, you technically are, but considering you a substitute for anything is... Feels bad. I'm not an institution on the retro breakdown. I'll just say that. <laughs> Nothing is an institution <laughs> on the retro well, breakdown. Don't play yourself. You guys hit some big milestones recently. We're almost at 5,000 total listens, See? actually. That's a big deal. It's, uh, where is it? Click, click. That. Click, click. Click, click. The number go almost. And you can be listener number 5,000. That's true. If we don't hit it by, uh, by the time this episode comes out, actually. <laughs> So the reason that I wanted to bring that up is all of the episodes up to Alien Soldier from last week that we recorded were actually recorded like a month ago. Yeah. So when you say I'm still up to the same stuff I was up to a couple weeks ago, that Not doesn't really meet out because like the last time I was uh, the last time I was recording podcasts with Tom, I was doing like 50, 60 hours a week at work and had no time for anything and was still wondering when I was going to finish La Mulana 2. Which you did. Which I did like a week ago. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Pretty good. Pretty good. Overall, you like it? Which one do you feel like you had more of a connection with? One or two? I I think one comes together, comes together better, but two is mechanically more fun. So, Which one did you feel like you got stuck more often on? I feel like two. I feel like that is a dead heat. Yeah, really? Because <laughs> I feel like an equal number of times I found myself wandering around doing the same thing in random locations, not knowing what to do. Which one had the better bops? Two. I, I think, think two. Two, that bump. It's good stuff. I think two has the better overall music. They're both really good, but it's like, which one's the 9.5 over the nine? Mm. It was fun to watch you play... Albeit frustrating for me on occasion when you were frustrated because I just like, well, you should just stop now and take a break and then maybe you'll be refreshed and come back. That's because that's how I game. But is it? I mean, Dark Souls would be the exception of this. If you uh-huh. we can talk about that. But you've been playing Vampire Survivors. I also started playing Vampire Survivors. It's a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun. And they keep updating it. There's so much stuff in that game. For $3. It's $3, y'all. For $3. Just pick it up. Like, I think that, like, that is a better value for $3 than most free games. That's true. (laughs) Honestly. Like, it's hard to, it's hard, it's hard to really quantify this, but there's something about the $3 price point that just hits exactly right for me. You know what it is? It's a typical, like a typical chest that you get has the three streamers coming out of it. Uh But when you get five, you're like, I only paid $3 for this game, (laughs) but this one has five in it. It's, it's something, it just, it's the feeling of like, if you, if the game is free or if it's like 99 cents, it's way too easy to just kind of overlook and just like not take it seriously as a game. You don't have very high expectations for that game. Right, right, right. And if it's, you know, if it's really good... It's like, cool, this game's really fun, and, it, and, you know, it was free, but, like, you, it's still, like, it kind of mentally goes in a different category than games that you actually pay, like, real money for. <laughs> right. Even, but even getting up to $5, once you pay, like, $5 for a game, then it's like, okay, this is just a regular game at a, you know, relatively low price, but still, you, you take that more seriously, and then you start like really drilling down on like its actual flaws and what it does well and what it does not so well. And 
and thinking about it more. And $3 is the price point where it's like, okay, well, this is like, this is still a really, really cheap price for a game, but it's also like more than nothing. But it's so cheap that I can kind of just appreciate how much stuff is in it for such a low price. Here's a weird thought about it, too. Okay, it's on Steam, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's technically early access. But if it were on mobile, you'd be like, wow, $3? Come on with that. But it's on Steam, and you're like, what? Three dollars is pretty reasonable. I feel like I'm supporting the development of this game and supporting the creator, the single person making this game. Yep. And it's not breaking my bank, but I'm getting a lot of good hours on it. And Steam's over here telling you, you've been playing for 25 hours. And you're like, well, that was a good three dollars I spent. How was it saying? 47. 47 hours. Mine does not say that, but you know. Well, some of those some hours of those, are I your hours. I did play hours. a couple rounds on yours, so that's true. Not not a lot of them, yeah. but some of them. But I mean, is that, does that make sense? Like, to me, I feel like if I saw a $3 price tag on, like, Final Fantasy something game, mm-hmm. I'd be like, come on with this mobile grab. And yeah, you probably got, yeah. You probably got microtransactions in there, too, with the gold chests and all that stuff. I mean, Chocobo GP is like a $50 game that has microtransactions. But this game has chests in it, and I didn't have to pay extra for them, and they make me feel good about myself when I open them. That game is pure dopamine. (laughs) I just came back from Vegas a little while ago, and so, like, I played a little bit of slots, and I. This feels so much better. Yeah. I'm not actively losing money. Right. I'm. I paid $3, and I don't feel sad (laughs) that I spent $3. Yeah. Not like buying scratch-offs. Oh, yeah. We did that a couple days ago for our anniversary. We just we celebrated had, 11 years married. We had a we had a silly anniversary. We did. And it was great. It we was. We kind of led up to it earlier in the week. We weren't sure if we'd have time to celebrate on the weekend. So we went to Top Golf mm-hmm. early on Tuesday because Tuesday is half price day because we're cheap like that. And then we had some corn dogs at a Korean corn dogs place. Was it that, Myungrong? Something like that. It just opened in downtown Columbus. Pretty good. It was pretty hopping, though. Yeah, we had to wait in line for like an hour plus. But very good. Um, yeah, it won't be like that forever, I'm sure. It's just, yeah. it was like the first... I'm just waiting for him to add that on DoorDash. <laughs> like, I don't know. You... It's all the way down in Short North. I don't know if it would deliver here. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, doxing ourselves here. I mean, I've talked about Columbus. Yeah. Like, we live in Columbus and we're far enough from the Short North Arts District where delivery might be difficult. For Figure it out cor- from there. The corn dogs, man, they get soggy by the time they get here. Yeah. <laughs> I think some restaurants in Short North actually deliver here. They German were... Village does. Yeah. But anyway, so we did that. And then we came back here and then we played. Well, that was on Tuesday. That was on Tuesday. On our actual like day of anniversary. Yeah. I feel like we spent like the first half of the day not doing anything. Yeah. We kind of lazed, lazed around. Yeah. Which was nice. But like it was kind of just like, all right, so we're just on the couch today because we already did our anniversary stuff. And then we... What did we end up doing? We ended so, up going out to something. Yeah, yeah, so we 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 played. We just lounged mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. And, and on the couch, and then we we're like, okay, let's go play. So we streamed NBA Jam and yeah, NFL right, yeah, for a little bit. Then we finished that, and then we went back downstairs. And then you just randomly were like, "You're gonna go to the gas station and get a bunch of random snacks." Because we have a sheets. I don't know if you live in an area with sheets, but holy sheets! I mean, it's <laughs> that place is awesome. The areas with sheets are basically Ohio, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, I'm pretty I think sure. There's one in North Carolina, because I feel like in Tennessee had Tennessee has some. Maybe. I mean they're expanding, but it's that sort of like, you know, 
So they had, they showed up on, like, we look at at DoorDash at, like, 10 o'clock at night, and we're like, we're gonna order some snacks. This is not an ad for DoorDash, but if you want to sponsor us. We use your service all the time. We really do, yeah. No, so we ordered, we we saw Sheets was on there, and he's like, you wanna just go? Because it's literally, like, around the corner. So we got in the car, put the dogs in the car, because, like, it was 11 o'clock at night by that point, and we did not want them barking up the neighborhood, because when we leave... Even when we don't leave, they just bark all the time. Yeah. You know, I, you've heard them. If you've heard the podcast, you've heard them at some point barking at nothing for no reason. So we piled them in the car, we drove to the gas station and left them in there with a the window crack and, and we're in there and they have like a full service restaurant. It's mostly just fried food. It's, fa- it's like fast Like hamburgers, yeah. sliders, fries. So we ordered a bunch of that stuff and we got some random Sheets branded pop that was really good. Yeah, that was really good, actually. Like, I don't even remember the flavors of it. We got cherry vanilla and banana. banana. That's right. Banana. Boy, that banana was really good. Banana soda. Yeah. And some cookies and random snacks that they just happened to have there. And then we we bought $10 worth of scratch-offs yep. in the vending machine, because they have a vending machine in the, the sheets. And we came home, and we did the this, this scratch-offs, and he won $3, mm-hmm. and the rest of them were duds. Yep. And then we played... The new Switch Sports. Yep. For like an hour. And we can talk about that later, but like... And then a few days later, we uh, we took that $3 ticket into Meyer with a uh, with a $2 coup- like scratch-off coupon that came in the mail. And got a... And got a bunch more that were also duds. Yeah. So then we, we, have, we have struck out on those now, finally. So like, I, I think... I think the grand total after, after all said and done is we spent like $10 and a coupon to get like nine tickets. Yeah. And one of them was a winner. Yeah. And it was three bucks. Yeah. Not to say that you can't win money. The first scratch off I ever bought when I turned 18, I was on a trip in Michigan and I bought a scratch off and I won $50 on that first scratch off that I won. And it was like, oh man, I should buy more. And mom's like, you should not buy more. Yeah. You should cash that out and stop. And the thing is like, you know, you and I have, you and I have gambled very small amounts of money on, on different occasions. Um, usually it's just, we'll walk into a casino and take whatever the welcome bonus is yeah. and gamble that out and then just like walk out with 10 bucks. We've done that twice now. Yeah. Or three times, maybe. maybe. Yeah. Twice that I can remember, but I feel like there might be another in there somewhere. Um, But yeah, like. I'm a big fan of like, yeah, those can be fun, but just like take an amount of money that you can afford to lose that would just be like the an amount that you would spend on entertainment and then consider it that you're spending it on entertainment and you might get a discount. Yeah. You, you're you going to play a slot machine or something like that for an hour and it'll be fun and then you can leave. Yeah. But don't expect to get that money back. Right, right, right. The, the one time you're that paying I- that money for the experience of playing the game. When we when we went to Niagara Falls and we mm-hmm. our, pa- our hotel package we bought on Groupon and it came with a bunch of weird coupons and one of them was yeah, like go to the casino and they'll give you like twenty dollars in play credit. You know what's funny about that trip is like we stayed I want to say it was a Best Western. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. And we got all these vouchers and we were there for I want to say like three three or, days yeah, something like that. I don't remember what that hotel room looks like at all. No. We were, we were barely in it at all, and we basically just got back to it and collapsed. Yeah, we did a lot of stuff while we were on that trip. But we went to that casino, cashed in, and... and I think there were like $25 vouchers a yeah. day. 
Yeah, so we went there one time. And we played video poker for like two hours mm -hmm. because it's pretty easy to win on video poker, at least one in like four or five hands. Sure. If you play it safe. And then we went over the amount of the the voucher that was given to us because you have to actually use the entire amount of the voucher before they'll give you the money. Yeah, you have to like, they give you like $25 in play credit and you have to actually bet $25 worth of actual I think money we, i think we cashed out at like 25 yeah I, I think we came out even a little bit ahead yeah we didn't spend any money on that technically because realistically the the stuff that we got with the hotel room was just like added benefits yeah it was definitely like a tourist package which oh was for fine, sure we had coupons to like ruth chris steakhouse which like <laughs> wow we got like 10 bucks off at ihop and we were like oh we got to use that 10 bucks off at ihop but then everything at ihop was like 30 dollars no, it wasn't. It was super expensive. We spent like 50 bucks at that IHOP yeah. after the coupon. Well, we ate at Tim Hortons the first day, the first place that we went to. It was Tim Hortons, right? Mm -hmm. And then we also ate at IHOP and we ate at the, the Ruth Chris was still like $75 and yeah. after the coupon. We got like by far the cheapest stuff on the menu. But it's good times. That was like our, what, third wedding anniversary? I think third, yeah. Yeah. So now we're at 11 and we're doing things like going to a gas station <laughs> at 11 o'clock at night hey, and buying various fried items to snack on. It's more than we've done the last two years in the era of COVID. That's true. So, and also Topgolf. That's true. That was the real trip. We weren't really going to do anything on Saturday and then we just kind of made a random trip out of it. We, we had a habit for the first several years of our marriage of going... And playing laser tag, mm -hmm. putt putt, yep, and air hockey was just sort of also part of that because most of the time you go to a place that has those other things, and it just also happens to have air hockey. Air hockey wasn't <clears throat> part of the tradition; it just yeah. ended up that way because if you're in a place with putt putt and laser yeah. tag, you're gonna do that It's too. probably an arcade that's got other stuff. So we did that. So technically, we kind of went back on that this year and did some some top golf. Which, if you haven't been, it's basically adult putt putt. Yeah, basically. Or a driving range with a game attached to it. I, I think of it this way. If you've ever been at a putt-putt course and you just find yourself wishing that at some point you could just swing the putter and just bash that golf ball as hard as you can and see <laughs> how far it goes, that's basically what top golf is for. Yeah. It's like actually just like... It's the same sort of gamified feel as putt-putt where like the stakes are low and it's easy enough to do and, but you get to just, you know, swing your ass off yeah, and just bash a golf And then club, be uh, sore for ball. three, four days after that. My neck is still bothering me. <laughs> Not as bad as it was, but like it is, it's a thing. My shoulder is still, well, it's not now, but it was, it was still stiff like four or five days later. And it's been like a week and a half. Because it's not a motion that my body does normally. I weirdly now want to go back to sheets. I mean, we... You brought it up and now it's like, it was pretty good. There's other stuff I wanted to try. And you brought up the sodas and I was like, they had a bunch of other flavors. Well, we're going to wrap it up, but we haven't really started yet, so. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I, we mentioned Dark Souls. It's true. Dark Souls, man. Man, I... It took a long time, but we did it. It didn't really take that long. I mean, it stretched out over months and months and months. Okay, because, yes. Because I was really busy with work on some different occasions, but... So for me, a playthrough of a game taking several months to get through 
is not really a big deal because that's kind of my default now that I stream. Right. A streamed playthrough takes a lot longer than when you just play when you feel like it. Right. So, like, I think you started in, like, January or February or something like that. Mm. So, like, ultimately, at the end of the day, it took you, like, around three or four months. It's not bad at all. And there's some there's some times where it'd be two or three weeks, even a month at one mm-hmm. point, where I wasn't able to stream. And so, you know, it feels good to get it out of the way. But now I'm suffering from I can't stop thinking about playing two. Yep. So it's going to happen sooner than I expect. But June is not it. Probably. Yeah. I'm just I'm too busy. I'm going I'm going too many places and, and I want to play it. But I also don't want to get into it and only play like one session. And then I might as well just wait until I can, you know, jump into it. A little bit more yeah, I think consistently. July is probably July is probably going to be when it happens. But I've been thinking about it and, you know, thinking about that build that I, that masterful build that I put together. It was a good dex build. I mean, and it really worked for me. The type of player that I became as I got through the game, I really liked the, the comfort of having a shield all of the time. Mm-hmm. And I got so much better about dropping it and building up the stamina. Yes, meter. that's such an important If you go skill. back and look at like the first two or three episodes that we put together of that, I would just constantly have that shield up and never have stamina. But, you know, the stamina meter also was gigantic by the end of the game. Too, so <laughs> it really was. Literally, I could just tank every hit with the shield and still have a little bit of stamina to roll out of the way if I needed to. So. Yeah. Big poise. Yeah. Big it, stability. It was pretty nice. So... Do you normally I'd put a sponsor break around? Yeah, do it. Let's go. Okay. Sponsored by Hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was a sooner that was a an earlier sponsor break than usual, but I think we're probably going to have a lot to talk about. Um first off, Dark Souls is definitely one of the newer games that we've done for the retro breakdown, but shut up. We did Metroid Dread. That's true. It doesn't matter. Like, and also Dark Souls is like, it's like 11 or 12 years old now. So it's not new. Granted, you played the remastered, which is much newer, but, um, it's, you know, still ultimately the same game. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it kind of counts. I don't know that I would call it retro necessarily, but we've bent that rule several times for whatever reason. And it's, we basically talked about like recording something else but we were like yeah but we're just gonna want to talk about dark souls so like why don't we just talk about dark souls that'll be fun yes true so um i wanted to ask you before because you were talking about your build Hmm. when you do play two do you think you would go for the same type of like sword and shield heavy armor dex build or would you, would you want to really, go for something similar to what you did? Or would you want to try something else? It's really going to depend on the drops that I get. Because mm-hmm. I, honestly, if I hadn't gotten that Balder side sword, I might have gone more into a strength build. You were starting to. I was starting at. And I, I actually put quite a bit into strength early on because the weapons that I was using were more of, you know, scaled more with strength mm-hmm. than the the side sword did but once i got the side store sword i really really liked the move set that it had and i liked the distance that it gave me mm-hmm. from enemies and still be able to poke and give damage so i ended up there um and so i think going into two i'll start with strength again 
Because realistically, when I play any type of game, I I do the tanky, let's go in and just hit things and take a bunch of damage, but yeah. have a massive health bar and, mm-hmm. you know, the ability to do that. Yeah. I think the ability to make a lot of mistakes. Maple Story. When we played Maple Story years and years ago, that was I played a warrior type character. So I I feel like that's just where I'm gonna end up. Sure. But I don't think any of the other weapons that I ended up getting, aside from I mean honestly all of the weapons that I liked that I got mm-hmm. were all Dex weapons. So and it's, it's because of the speed of the weapon, because yeah. of the mashiness that I, I feel like I need to have in order to get through you know, certain attacks and, and certain things because that's just the stress in me. Yeah, it's it's an interesting... Uh, it, like, the build worked out really, really well for you. Um, but it's always... It's always interesting to see, like, a heavy armor build with a fast weapon. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of my first build in, in uh, Demon Souls when I didn't know how the game worked. And I didn't know how things like weight limit worked. And I would just walk around and I was like, okay, so I have a percentage of my weight limit and I have to stay under 100%. And so as long as my gear keeps me under 100%, then I'm not over encumbered and I'm okay. So I just put on as heavy of mismatched armor as I could. And then I was like, okay, what can, what weapon am I best able to upgrade? Uh, this one's like a, like a secret, I forget what it's called, secret dagger or sacred dagger or something like that. It's like a tiny little, like, stabby swingy sword. So I've got this tiny little, like, short range weapon that doesn't do that good of damage. I'm putting my stats all over the place with no rhyme or reason because I don't really know what they do. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I have the heaviest possible armor and a fat roll and no, and no, uh, like maneuverability but you quit you didn't finish that i did not finish that run yeah. i i was like i i noped out of it i got to a certain point where it just wasn't coming together and i was just like okay i i didn't like actively like i never actively quit a game it's just like the next time i sit down to play something i'm either like i'm gonna try something else today i feel i don't feel like playing that today or right, something new comes up and it's like, I want to try this new thing. Yeah, the wall p- puts you in a mindset of like, I don't need to go back to that. I can try yeah. something else. Yeah, let me let me take a day with uh, just try something else. And then that day turns into three days, which turns into ten days, which turns into three months. And then it's like, man, I really should go back to that sometime. Yeah. And then I did. And I like when I went back to it with a little bit more knowledge about how builds work, I breezed through it because I'd really been face tanking it. With no knowledge of how the game was supposed to be played. And once I was like, oh, you can move faster if you don't put the heaviest armor on. And I was like, oh, that makes everything easier. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the point of all of that is like, normally you had like the heaviest armor set in the game. And you wore it throughout most of the game once you found it. Um usually a big heavy build like that would be accompanied by a big heavy swing. So seeing you go through with a big heavy armor set and like this light little like fencing weapon (laughs) was kind of, not technically, a rapier is a literal fencing weapon, but um, yeah, it was, it was an interesting build, but then like it worked so well for you. Yeah, I think I scaled it at the right time. Like, I upgraded it at the right time mm-hmm. in the game to make that weapon viable, too. 
Like, I think it was at plus 10 pretty early. And that was at the urge of people watching, you know, saying, you should probably go upgrade that. You got the materials. Why not just go do it? So I did it. And then I was just melting guys in Mm -hmm. the earlier areas. And then I hit some walls. But most of it was just, you know, I feel like the, the, the majority of my deaths in the second half of the game were result of a boss. Yeah. Learning the boss and dying. Mm-hmm. Stupid rollaways where I've rolled off a cliff yep, somewhere. Yep, yep. And ambushes. Yeah. And that's the three main times. Like, if I run into an area, I can usually suss out a pattern of a new boss or a new enemy. Yeah. Pretty quickly. Yeah, you were very but if good I'm, at that. if I'm overwhelmed by like five dudes at the same time i'm not gonna make it out of there alive the first time and then i'm going to be scared to go in there so i try to you know aggro them Mm -hmm. one at a time crystal caves is like the best example of that with all those clams oh yeah yeah yeah. beat me down and i was like great and broke your weapon and broke my weapon yeah that's fuck them guys (laughs) (laughs) so mad about them clams but then you know, I went back in there and figured out a way to aggro just one at a time and also figured if I mashed through a one more attack in the pattern, it was like it was like two two um, right bumper and one... Oh, yeah. You know what you call it? Like two heavies and one light attack. Yeah. Do those that pattern and it takes them down in one go and then I don't have to, you know, guard and watch them walk around me and then try to grab me and eat me inside their clamshell. I think generally people refer to them as R1s and R2s, mm. even though, like, it really depends on what controller you're on. But you could also call it, like, a light and a heavy. Yeah. So but Yeah, that was something that I noticed, too, is, like, I-, I think because of the... I think because of the reverence that you had for the game and knowing that it has a reputation for being difficult, you carried sort of, like, a healthy fear and respect of everything that you saw. Mm-hmm. And... Honestly, that is something the game tries to train into you because like that was one of the that's part of the reason it has such a a reputation for being difficult is because people are so used to the video game thing of see enemy go up and mash attack button. And this is the game that's like, hey, wait, maybe take a different approach. Running in blindly to every situation is going to get you killed. We've made sure of it. So you going into every situation being like, okay, what is this? I don't trust this. Is exactly the way that you're supposed to play that game. (laughs) The only situation where that is not true is, what was the area? I guess it's Sen's Fortress. I'm literally in that first area going in and out of that building and all triggering all of the traps and and not getting hit by a single one of them and not learning anything from that experience. The Mr. Magoo run. Yeah, basically all of those traps, I step on the plate and then just move away from it. And then the spear would come by and be like, did you hear something? Yep. <laughs> did something happen? It was, it was every single thing in that fortress. It was hilarious. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Even the rolling ball trap. You just found like a tiny little crevice there, just a like little crevice spot. around the corner, and you just walked around it. And we're like, "Was that supposed to hit me? Yep. Is that gonna hit me? It's like it was supposed to." <laughs> that's that's the one place where like I fell into all of the traps, but none of them affected me. And you know, I had some jump scares too. Goodness. Oh yeah, everyone does. Everyone you don't, you don't sure. think of it as a horror game, but when they come upon you and you weren't expecting them and you're in a vulnerable situation with 65,000 souls and you're like, hoo Yep. Hello. 
Didn't expect to see you there. Also, those worms. Mm. In uh, yeah, the ceiling in, worms in, in demon runes. No. Yep. No, get out with that. Because that was said... probably my biggest jump scare. <laughs> but you wanted to join their covenant, I though. Did. <laughs> he's ha- he's like hanging down from the ceiling, dangling there, and I'm like, oh, can can I join your covenant? And then he's like, Bleh! <laughs> you only wanted to like you were like joining your covenant is preferable to having to fight you. Yeah. I didn't want to touch that. That's yeah, gross. I don't blame gross. you. There's some gross enemies in this game. There are, there are, and it's it pales in comparison to Bloodborne, where all of the enemies. And you are get gross. a good look at Rat Boss too, like the rats. I call them Rat Boss because I ran into a wall early on in the game where they kept poisoning me, and I was super. You frustrated. may have spent more. You may have spent like as much time trying to get through that as trying to get through the Silver Archers in Orlando. Yeah, maybe if we go back and look at it, it was pretty close. But like that whole sequence with Bell Gargoyle, also just like. That whole sequence in Undead Asylum was Undead, really Undead, rough for me because I was learning the game. Undead Parish. Undead Parish. Yeah. Asylum is the starting location. Yeah. Well, honestly, all the way up to that. Just. There's there's Undead Asylum, which is where you start. Then there's Undead Burg, which is like the first area after Firelink. Okay. Like the buildings with all the with well, all the well, and that's dudes. where the rat boss is across that little hallway, and then going and towards. then like that's going towards Undead Parish, which is where the church is, and Bell Gargoyles are up at the top, and then Andre over by Sens. Yeah, I think in order of time spent, I spent, I feel like I spent an entire stream and a half on Bell Gargoyle, not counting the migraine stream where I got a migraine. And yeah, stopped, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really long. Obviously, ONS was two hours. Something like that, yeah. But I think I I did pretty good. Yeah. I got really far. I think it was more like an hour 45. Like, it was under two hours. Yeah. But boy, those silver archers, man. I don't know how many attempts it was total, but I feel like it was less than 10. On ONS? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Silver archers, man. It's And it's a combination of things. I could have just kept running into that wall with the silver archers. Mm Mm-hmm. But the run back in that area. Yeah. I really hated that. Because there's just no good way to go about it. Mm-hmm. And then you gotta fight your way through all of the stupid... What are they? The gargoyle? The little imp guys, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and they are annoying with their lightning. Mm-hmm. And by the time you get all the way down there, if you've made it through, even if you have all your Estus, it doesn't matter, because he's just gonna knock you off. Yeah, they, like, you go through all of that just to get bullseyed one time and then have to do it all over again. It's just awkward. But, you know, good... You know, it felt good to get it done when you finally do get through that. Yeah, it is It is an infamous area of the game for a reason. Like, nobody likes doing the, the Silver Archer run. Like, that is a that is a moment. I'm curious. I mean, we, we, we finished and then I started to, like, go into the, you know, areas again with all of my gear that I had already procured. And I'm thinking, thinking about other areas and going back with the knowledge that I have now. And how I would run through those areas. I wonder if I would still struggle. Because I honestly had dumb luck. That one time I rolled in. And bopped him a couple times. And then he hit me. And I had very little health. And I think I, I knocked him off. And that's how I beat him, right? No. No? You parry reposted I him. Did? I'm thinking of a different time then. You parry. You parried and reposted him. And then him almost went off the edge. After having not even bothered trying to parry anything (laughs) in like a month real time yeah like i reminded you that parries were a thing 
But then it's like, well, you know, because you were hitting them pretty consistently on the regular enemies in Undead Parish, and you'd gotten a good feel for it. But it's like, well, this is a new type of enemy with a new timing, and it's been a long time since you even tried to do a parry. So this is probably not the right time to try to relearn that timing, because it's, you know... It's, on the edge of a, of a building, yeah. a very tiny hallway, not even a hallway, just like a, a little ledge. Like a little windowsill. Like, yeah, sure, let's try it. I'm, I'm At that point, I was ready to try anything. And you just like, if you told me that you hit the button on accident, I would have believed you. Because you, it's not like you had a chain of failed attempts where you were trying to do it. Yeah. It came out of nowhere. You were just up there swinging and he knocked you down and you got back up and then just suddenly the sword came down and boom. Yeah. Honestly, one of the best feelings in the entire game is landing a parry. In reverse. Oh yeah. It just the way oh, yeah. that the sound design is done and the animation, it feels so satisfying mm-hmm. to do that attack. And it feels so bad on the other side to receive it. Yeah. Cause it's like, I you just have to sit coming. there. You just have to sit there and watch the animation play out for mm-hmm. a bit. And you're like, great, yeah, mm, this is what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So, I, I don't know. I, I feel like the most memorable thing from that entire that entire game was was the Anne Orlando just visually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not alone in that. It's so stunning. And I personally did not kill the boobs. I did you didn't. Not. Yeah, I mean, you didn't know it was an so option. So, d- we talked about it later. And, and I the, showed you what a little bit of what happens. If and you then do I that. tuned into a friend of mine. Shout outs to Kay. Oh, doing, and she did it. Yeah, and she did it. And I was like, "Girl," and she's like, "It was fake, though. I gotta kill it because it's not real." And I'm like, "No, but you can still appreciate things when they're fake." Yeah. And I also didn't want to looked real enough. So I didn't get I didn't get to do that extra boss, but also in Orlando continued to be beautiful, and I didn't have to feel sad about it. There is a. I don't think you get more bosses from doing that. I think you get different bosses. I could be wrong about that. Because I've never actually done well, the... Well, you fight the Firekeeper, right? Well, yeah, there is that. You yes. fight the Firekeeper, and then you go back to the Firekeeper like she did. And the Firekeeper's gone. You can't sit at the bonfire, and you're like, yep. great. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, but you get the gear, and you... Well, you get the Firekeeper soul, so your Estus gets stronger. That's something that you actually can do a lot more of mm-hmm. if you're, you know, ruthless. Yeah. Is you can just go through and kill all the fire keepers. Yeah, but the thing is, I, I got, what, I only had two. Two what? Or was I plus three? Oh, for the Estus? You were plus three, I okay. think, when the game was But over. I didn't kill any of them. I just received no, them yeah. doing things that I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And even at, when I sat down and kindled a bonfire up to 20... There were many fights where I did not need even 10 Yeah. at the end. There were some that I did. But most of the <laughs> time, you take too much damage to be able to sip through. Yep. And a lot of the times, I'd sip through and I would smash the sip button like six times. <laughs> and just be like, okay, get, 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 get. <laughs> Just sip as many as you can and then worry about it later. That That's the point where it stops being a sip and becomes a chug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I was trying to single it, you know, one one shot. Yep. And and that was just simply because, like, I know I only have a fraction of a second to get a sip in here, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to hit the button as many times. But then you get some input lag, and then you, you got, got the animation started, and you take a hit. I think yeah. that happened a lot with... Uh, um, yeah, the buffered inputs will continue to be a problem. And I had more of an issue with them in 3 than in anything, but that might have been capture card delay. Mm. So we'll see. I don't know. 
Um, yeah, that is that is something that doesn't really get talked about very much is like not having enough Estes is very rarely the problem. Not having an opportunity to use the Estes you have is what gets people killed most of the time. Now, when we play two, that won't be the case. Right. Because they sort of learned after one that starting you off with five Estes is too much. Yeah, so you get what, two? One. Oh, that's rude. And then every time you upgrade the flask, which, granted, you get to do more often. Um, rather, because you only got three Firekeeper Souls to upgrade with over the course of the whole game. So you can now upgrade the effectiveness of the Estus and also the number of sips. Um, so you get to do that more often. And every time that you, you don't kindle the bonfire, you just enhance the, the Estus flask and it just gives you more maximum sips each time. But it goes up by one. Humanity's still a thing, right? There is a mechanic that is like humanity, but I don't know if they still call it humanity. But do you consume it to gain health? Because that's about to be my in my inventory nonstop if I've not got any Estus. <laughs> there, I think two has life gems. Okay. And life gems are basically your consumable. Because that's what they do is they give you one free Estus and then life gems, which are basically like a consumable Estus sip. Yeah, but the we, thing is, like Estus brings up your Estus brings up your health, like boom, and life gems are like a slow regen. Over I time. remember this. I remember this when you played the punch run. Yep. Yeah, it's gonna be a problem for me mm-hmm. because I I rely on the sip. Everyone and, does. And, yeah. And if you watch the playthrough, you could see I didn't even. Sometimes I wouldn't even get down that far, and I would automatically fill it up because I would panic. Mm-hmm. Or I'd be concerned that, okay, what if the next attack, if I'm not expecting it or I don't know what it is, hits me and it does more damage than I have. Right, right. So then I'm going to end up dead. Yeah. No, the safety sip, especially when you have a lot of Estus that you're sitting on, is... I have a hard time with it because I tend to be really... I tend to be really, uh, like, frugal with it. But then I'll end up... You know, I'll die way more often than I need to. And then when I do get to the boss or the next bonfire, I'll have eight of my ten sips left. Right. right. So then that's just the way that I go through things. Because like, well, no, I don't want to waste it. I also have a bad habit of putting on a lot of um, passive regen items. <coughs> so I'll, pu- I'll put on like the, uh, the evil eye ring where I regen after each kill. Or um, there's a couple of other rings that you can put on that just do slow regen over time. And I'll just be like, no, I'm fine. That'll regen and then I won't have to spend one. And then I'll just die. And it's, that's, that is not the right way to play, but it's the way, that's the trouble that I end up running into every time in every game. So the games that don't have a, uh, a passive regen mechanic, I tend to do better in because I just use the healing that I have. Sekiro actually has a, a, a healing mechanic as well that I, lean on more than i ought to mm-hmm. so yeah that'll be different they uh being able to kindle up to uh 20 estus is i mean when did you need 20 estus i think sen? one time that's it uh, no you didn't have 20 at sen not the, the glass the crystal cave what is the name of that boss seath. oh seath seath yeah i definitely used 20 estus there well yeah 
Because I was just standing in there taking all of the damage mm-hmm. of his attacks and sipping and stabbing. Sip, stab, sip, stab. Over and over and over again until I killed it. Yeah, you, you used your 20 Estith against Seath because you were actually strong enough to tank his attacks. It's true. Which is absurd. Again, the build was good. I think was when good. We rolled with the Havel set, Havel ring, so that I could be a mid-roll, and then... The Balder sword and the Balder shield for the most part. And then I think we switched back and forth to a couple different shields. But mm-hmm. the Balder was the one that I, I liked the most because of the design, but also because of the size. Yeah. It blocked a lot. The uh, weight can... management will be easier in two. Uh, I don't remember the exact thresholds, but I remember... I think in Dark Souls 1, the threshold is like under 25% for a light roll and under 50% for a mid roll. And I think those are those thresholds are much higher now. I think it's like under 50% is a light roll. And under, I want to say, 75 is a mid-roll now. It'll be interesting, because that'll probably determine a little bit of how I go about building. I will say, I'm just not interested in a magic build. And I also not archery, because I'm just not a good aim. Yeah, and it's... You kind of have to go into this weird, like, first-person shooting thing where, like... I don't know. It's it's always felt like really awkward to go into that. There are some situations where like I think archery is something that you you or that I use at least more often not for combat but for like very specific circumstances like Probably standing something. in standing in a safe place Pick and up, hitting yeah. something that can't like that can't hit you. If there was any spot on that bridge going up to the Silver Archer, I wonder if you could have picked him off. I think there is. Yeah. I think there's probably... I think there's probably a couple of locations... I've never tried, but I think there's probably a couple of locations where you can... Where you can just take one or both of them down before you even make that run. But also, they are archers too, so then it becomes a sniper battle where if you peek out around the corner and get hit by one of the arrows, you're done anyway. Yeah. Boy, they do a lot of damage too. Mm-hmm. Well, and it doesn't it doesn't really matter. You don't get to see how much damage it does because you always just fall off. I mean, on the bridge. And you would have to go at least that far. You couldn't shoot from that pagoda area or whatever. Yeah, probably underneath. not. Yeah. Well, it's fun. It's, it's interesting to think about. It gets me more excited than I should be to play, thinking about all the di- differences. And it'll be interesting to see how that's changed. Yeah, there's a lot of changes in 2, and people consider it sort of, you know, black sheepish, but I think it's good. I think it's a better, I think it's a better single player experience, actually. Well, but not the, then, not that, not a better single ex- player experience than one. One is still kind of the gold standard in a lot of ways, but it does try to, it does try to iterate on some things from one in some ways that work and some ways that don't. The biggest complaint people have about it is that the PvP, the PvP is screwed up, but who cares? Yeah, I mean, we didn't have the option to even mess around with that. Supposedly, they're fixing that, but... I mean, it makes sense. I, I As, like, the flagship title in the series, you would think that they would keep that, but, I mean, if it's it must be that bad of a vulnerability that they're really having yeah. to go in and fix things. But. Well, and also, I imagine they have a skeleton crew working on it, because Elden Ring, though. I mean, we'll get there eventually. Yeah. I did buy a new PC, and it is capable of running Elden Ring, so... It's true. I'll be able to run it before you will. It's true. It's true. I told you, like, you wouldn't need to... You wouldn't need to go that big on the specs to be, like, significantly better. I keep, like, a lot of our friends are playing it, and I pop in. Tom was playing it the other day, and I pop... Mm -hmm. Different Tom. Other Tom. Yeah. Not podcast Tom. T. 
TK and M Tom. And I popped into his stream and just looked at it, and it's just so beautiful. <laughs> like the art in Elden Ring is stunning. Yeah. I mean, not that Dark Souls isn't obviously we talked about Anna Orlando and how gorgeous that is. Yeah, but you are also looking at like reskinned stuff from again a eleven or twelve year old game. Like but the remaster looks great, but it is still just up-res assets and, from and just a decade ago. Shading on different areas and, you know, flower, individual flowers, like, moving around. Mm-hmm. It's just really beautiful. And I'm looking forward to that. Um, just mechanically, there's a jump, right? Yes. So, I mean, Sekiro has a jump, and I watched you play Sekiro a lot, and I'm just like, man, I want to try that. Yeah. The ability to actually, like, have movement I mean, Sekiro is like is... Spider-Man. Yeah. You know? That's how I see it. Every time somebody watch somebody play, they're just jumping off of buildings and grappling to the next one and flying around like a Spider-Man. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. It is cool. And it's not as hard to do as it probably looks because you basically just have to mash the grapple button and then it just goes. I will say, like, one thing that Dark Souls has done for me has put me in a position to feel like I'm not as bad of a gamer as I thought I was. And I can get through some of the more challenging experiences that exist in gaming. I've really discounted myself for a long time. I played I played so much Destiny. Like when, mm-hmm. when Destiny 1 was out, I played Destiny 1 a lot. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of really strange builds. Yeah. Like, I wanted a character that was fast. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want a hunter build. Mm-hmm. I went with a warlock. And the warlock has like the princess peach jump. Oh Which yeah, always yeah. caused me problems in jump puzzles in Destiny because yeah. I, I would be the only person in a raid that is not across the ships over on the other side. Right. But and meanwhile, I'm like, I have four jumps. Yeah. So, but that's easier. But I, I always wore the claws of Ahamkara, which gave me two melees because inevitably I would get ambushed by multiple enemies, and I would mash the button, and I would actually have two melee attacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Available to me. And that saved me so many times, especially in PvP. So it kind of reminds me a little bit of the the panicky attacks that I have in Dark Souls. And I I kind of reminisce a little bit about that. And oddly enough, the weapon that I tended to use in Destiny was the Scout Rifle. Which I feel like is kind of a dex weapon in its own way. Because yeah, you can it's make not argument. a spray and pray kind of weapon. Yeah. It is a little bit more precise, but it does a, me- a medium to heavy amount of damage but it's not a rocket launcher it's not a sniper rifle right it it just worked really well and i just tend to really like them because the the speed at which the the gun can fire is pretty strict yeah yeah and so like it forced me to be able to aim a little bit better in order to get headshots and 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 things like that and i i feel like that's what the dex weapon was because the the other weapon like if i had gone a strength build and used one of those great swords for example like I would have been hitting the ground all of the time. But in this case, I hit the ground sometimes, but also the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. A lot of misses and things like that. So I feel like it's it's sort of fun to explore how you play games from different perspectives. From different... Those are completely different types of games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know? But it's really fun for me. I haven't played Destiny in almost a year, maybe two years. I think it's been at least... I popped it on one time. Just to, you know, go back into two. Did you really? Last year at some point. Oh. And I was just like... I don't remember you even doing I that. used to play all the time with my brother. And we played a lot. And I just... I got out of it. And I've heard really good things now lately. Just the game feels good. Uh, yeah, I've heard it's in a good place now. I just... 
I, I know not... they're doing stuff with like recycling content and like there's some stuff that's inaccessible and but I mean supposedly all things consider we just talked about that you didn't hear anything that's fine <laughs> yeah I've heard that people who are playing are like yeah the, the game's in a good place now it's it's fun but when I played when I played Destiny I really felt insecure about my skills as a gamer because mm. I spent a lot of time as a kid playing, you know, the standard stuff. But I had a Nintendo, I had an Atari, a Nintendo, and a Sega, and then I just dropped off. Played some N64 and some PS1 because my brothers played. Sure. So I played things like, you know, Vigilante 8 and Twisted Metal and sports games. Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff. A little bit of GTA, but I didn't really play much. And then I guess when I was a senior in undergrad, I got a PS2 and, you know, I started playing a little bit on PS2, but I, I may have gotten, that's about the time I got Guitar Hero. Yep. And played Guitar Hero. And then I fell in love with rhythm games. Right. And went on a bender for rhythm games. And then you and I met and I... Through that, partially. Through rhythm games. And, you know... I started to really think more about, like, the stuff that I missed, and a lot of it I just look at and I'm like, there's no way that I could beat Metroid or something like that. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the older stuff that I played, if I think about it, I don't think I ever beat Mario 1, because mm -hmm. I'd get to the, the end of the 8th world and, was it 8? Yeah. The 8th world. In Mario 1, yeah. And I'd get lost in the puzzle and I wouldn't know what I'm doing. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um... I think, like, not to psychoanalyze, but a lot of your experiences growing up with gaming were, like, multiplayer experiences. Oh, yeah. Where you were playing something for the first time with people who were playing not for the first time. Who would just mercilessly dunk on you. Yeah. I and really, I feel like really a lot of your I feel like a lot of your insecurity comes from that sort of thing where it's like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll play with you. Yeah. And then it's, inevitably, it's verses. Goldeneye is the best example of this because my brothers played so much and I had a guy that I was crushing on in high school and mm -hmm. he he played and he, he came over and played with me and he was actually very nice and tried to, like, explain how to use the... Because, you know, I had a D-pad and three buttons on the Sega. Right, yeah. And I did not play much N64 and we didn't do things. And now like, all of a sudden there's this weird stick. Yeah, and we didn't do... Um, we didn't play things like Mario Kart. They played shooters and sports right. games and racing games. Sure. My brother played. So I didn't have any access to anything that would actually help you learn how to use the, the stick. And here I am just dropped in on Goldeneye and like, I'm just always looking at the ceiling and yep. inevitably I'm looking at the ceiling and get hit by a proximity mine because right, right, right. I didn't see it on the wall or a rocket launcher from the floor above me that just clips through the floor and kills me because they just know how the game works and it's right. broken. And I still loved playing it, but I was always dead. Right. <laughs> just literally... you're, just, you're looking at the ceiling and suddenly the ceiling is covered with blood. Why did that happen? Yeah. But that's, that's a game that has a really special place for me. But again, I was always bad at it. So I just assumed that I'm not very good at games. But you were bad at it because you were forced into a competitive version of the game without the opportunity to learn. Yeah. And Dark Souls is a game where you can, it's all about the opportunity to learn. So like, I think giving yourself the ability to just sit down and take things at your pace and actually learn a game, like, you did that really well. 
it's like it's almost shockingly like well. Practicing and learning is something that I've done my whole life as a musician. It's almost like it's almost like practicing something <laughs> is important because you're not intended to be really good at it the first time you do it. You know, and I beat I beat Shovel Knight oh, yeah, a couple years ago, and yeah. I felt really good about myself for that because as a as a person who grew up playing platformers, I was always bad at them. Mm. But I think it just spatially, I had a hard time with jump puzzles and stuff. Sure, I still do. I mean, you just talking about Destiny earlier, and also. Honestly, I was pretty impressed with some of the jumping that I had to do in Dark Souls, considering that there's not really a jump button, and I had to do, like, weird-ass rolls to get across stuff. Jumping is one of the worst, like, platforming in Dark Souls is one of the worst things about that game. Consistently. All of them. All three of them. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, <laughs> which makes it that much weirder that it feels so good to do in Sekiro. Mm. And supposedly is much improved in Elden Ring as well. But I, I can't speak to that. So you uh, you came equipped with a uh, with a list of bosses. Oh yeah, I was do you want to do, do a tier list? Them? I mean, we don't really have to do a tier list, but I can tell you the bosses. We can do like it. We can do like an unofficial tier list. I want to I want to go back through and just kind of like recount your experiences with those bosses. You know what's funny is like the first thing you run into is Asylum Demon, right? Yep. And when you beat the game and you come back in, and I just kind of like bonked him on the head, and he was like, ah. Yep. And then I, I... New Game Plus, he just dies. I thought that was kind of funny, but obviously pretty terrifying. I don't know how many deaths I had on Asylum Demon. The first time you fought him? Yeah. Um, I don't remember. It, was, it wasn't that many. I mean, you beat him after probably like four or five. But I think he also killed you before you found the exit on the <laughs> side of the room, too. Because that's... Because that's a weird thing. You enter... The first boss you enter the room... The first boss you see, you enter the room and the health bar comes up and is like, okay, this is a boss arena. And the intention is to run away. Yeah. You don't have to. You can beat him with your little broken hilt. Yeah. If you're basically perfect. Um, but. You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to. But then I had the cool ass, like, uh, swords that I got from beating Gwyn. Oh, yeah. And I went in there and I was just like, swoop, swoop, swoop. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, yeah, I forgot you used those instead of your instead of your main thing. I, that was pretty wild to me because I relied on the shield and I'm like, let's just try having two swords. This is pretty cool. I don't think that was from was that from Gwyn or was that from the the DLC? I I think might, that was from it was the, the DLC. DLC weapons, yeah, because I didn't. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think Gwyn drops any weapons because you don't really. Well, I guess you could take them in a new game plus. That's the whole point. Well, maybe he does. I don't know. So, a Silent Demon is annoying, but. Asylum Demon also, like, when you actually come around to the, uh, to the place you're supposed to fight him and you actually have some equipment, you, yeah. you do that drop attack and that takes his health down by like a quarter mm -hmm. before you even start. But I remember the first time you walked in there and you were just standing up there on that balcony yeah, and, and I was trying me. to explain to you what to do and the drop attacks are a thing. And then he's like, oh, you're up there. Yeah. And then that was just panic. Yep. He's like, well, that didn't go as planned. Let's, you know, move on from here. Yep. I'm pretty sure I died that time. Oh, yeah, I think you did. But I think you got him, like, the time or two after that. Yeah. Obviously, Belgargo was... Asylum Demon is a really good first boss because he teaches you what you're going to need to know for most of the bosses you fight thereafter, which is get behind him. Don't... 
Like, don't just walk up to the front of him and swing. You have to, you have to circle around. You have to get out of the way of his stuff. Yeah. You can technically beat him without doing that, but it's, he's very slow and he gives you a lot of time to like move out of the way of what he's doing. And that is basically the primary skill with every boss after that is like, look at what he's doing and move. Yeah. I mean, and you learn that and then you go and immediately are faced with that. Well, the hog, I wouldn't say that that is a, the iron boar or whatever. That's not a, a boss. Yeah, I wouldn't say so. But all of the other enemies that you face, especially the, the balder soldiers or whatever. Yeah. They really, you got to get behind them and you can, you can backstab them. Yep. But then you go up to Bell Gargoyle and it's like, oh, I can get behind it. But then there's another one on my ass. Yeah. So that doesn't always work. And I think even if I were to go up and fight Bell Gargoyle now, I would still have a hard time with it just because it's you've still... got to manage more than one. And ONS was the same. Yep. You Managing more than one enemy with different, they have the same pattern. So if yeah. you can get them locked into a similar pattern in a similar space, you're yeah, good. Yeah, the, the really good one is if you get them both breathing fire and then you can just get around behind, yep. beside it, you can get a good three or four swings in. But, you know, ONS, you can't do that because they have different patterns. Right. You got and, fast and slow. Yeah. Which I think that you learn from Belgor Goral, you get to the, the ex- expectation of like, oh, they have a similar pattern. So if I can just mm-hmm. get them to do that and then you get to ONS and it's like, no, mm-mm. Yeah. No, you you've got you've got Smo lumbering across the ground with his giant mallet. And then you're like, okay, I've got some time before he gets here. And then shooting out from behind him is Ornstein doing his stinger yeah. sliding across the ground. And you just have to figure out both of those things. My approach to that is usually to just like keep Smo on the other side of the room as much as possible. Get Ornstein to do his big stinger towards me. And like, so they're separate because he can sort of separate himself from where Smo is if you keep yourself across the room. So get him to like lunge at you and then get a, you know, fight him one on one, hit him a couple of times, get out, you know, dodge his attacks. And then by the time Smo catches up, you just kind of run and you, you know, you put your put some distance between you, get to the other side of the room, Do the same thing. basically make Smo chase you around the room because he can't he can't keep up with you. But Ornstein can. So use that to sort of separate them. Which is ultimately pretty much what you did. Yeah. Capra Demon. Uh... You didn't talk about Taurus. Oh, it's not on my list here. Taurus is actually the one that you fight after Undead Berg. That's the actual, like, second boss. Hmm. It's not listed here. Maybe because it's not considered hard. I mean, it's a real... I didn't... I think I died one time to the first Taurus Demon. I think it got you a couple more times than that. Because you were still fairly early on. What am I thinking of then? He's the one that like drags? No, he's the one up on the bridge with the archers. Okay, no, no, I did die to that one quite a bit. I'm thinking of the uh, something else. Oh, the Titanine Demon. I'm thinking of, I, I did kill that one really quickly. Oh, yeah. The first instance of that. Yeah. I think I may have died. The one, one right after Andre? I don't think I died initially. I, don't, I think you, I I think think I you one shot strolled one. right in and just wiped him out. Yeah. Yeah, I... Taurus Demon, the, the the bridge placement is annoying. Because the first thing in with Asylum Demon is you learn to, like, use the use the width no, of the I space. No, I did die a lot on that. You, you learn to use the width of the space and, like, circle around, get behind him. 
And so naturally the second boss you get is one with a narrow corridor where he takes up basically the entire yeah. the entire width of it. <sighs> Honestly, the thing that drove me the most insane is like bad arenas. Yeah. Capra Demon Which brings us to Capra. Capra Demon, I cursed so much. I was so angry about the space and like now that I've fought a whole bunch of them in the the demon area. Oh yeah, the demon ruins, yeah. Taurus too. Once you fight a bunch of them in a space that is broad and that you can actually control the fight, you're like, this guy's nothing. Yeah. You're stronger by that point too, so it really feels good because you're like, oh man, I struggled so much early on. But Capra Mm -hmm. Demon was so annoying. I clipped through things, I got stuck on geometry, and then he would get attacked. The camera is constantly fighting you. You know, you lock on to him and then the camera unlocks at a certain distance and then you try to put some distance and then you don't have a lock on, so then you go to swing and you miss. You know, a lot of that happened with a bunch of the enemies, especially flying enemies that happened a lot with with the Belgarg world too. Definitely. That kind of stuff was really frustrating. And the, I think that, that the game has its limitations from when it was made. Sure. The camera overall is pretty good, but those instances are very frustrating. And I feel like, you know, the creator of the game... Miyazaki. Miyazaki. <laughs> Kit, for some, Kit, for some reason, was very upset about that. Miyazaki probably found out that people really hated these mechanics and was like, yeah, let's make it worse. Just based on what I've heard. I mean, that sounds the po- like him. The poison pits. He's just like, yeah, there's a bunch of them in Elden Ring. You yeah. love it. Yeah, I made like five of them. I couldn't stop. Just like a the, the image, The image of like... like Some mad scientist. Miyazaki just sitting at his computer typing in more and more and more poison pit, mm-hmm. like poison swamps. Yeah. And like the rest of his team just grabbing him by the legs, having to <laughs> drag him away from his computer to stop him. <laughs> And he's like, no, we need more. More pits, more swamps. They must suffer more. The anthem of Blight Town will be heard. Shh. Oh, man. You know, yeah. So, so yeah, Capra Demon is like, I maintain that Capra Demon is a regular enemy and the, bo- and the, the boss is the arena and the camera. The next thing listed here is ceaseless discharge. I'm not sure if that's correct in the order that I. I it doesn't think, matter. But that was, we'll get through them that all. That was silly. I mean, it's a it's a real fight if you do it as a real fight. I tried you, to do yeah. it as a real fight, and then you were like, "You can just leave." Yeah. And then he follows me, and I'm like, "Oh, that's a thing." Yep. That seems stupid. There are some bosses that just have like weird gimmicky gimmicky finishes. And there are some there that are some... accidentally have gimmicky finishes that shouldn't have happened. There are some gimmicky finishes that are intended <laughs> and some demon. that just happen. The centipede demon fight will forever just be the one of the funniest things that I have ever seen. Certainly one of the funniest things that's happened to you in a video game. Because I was grossed out and I was like, okay, lava, this is going to be really hard. I don't know if I can do this. Listen, and the fire centipede isn't even cute as a Pokemon. Yeah. In in Dark Souls, what, what chance did it have? So, like, if you didn't see the playthrough, I was fighting Centipede Demon, and it did one of its attacks that causes the, it to, like, lift off of the ground a little bit. Yeah, it, it picks you up. It's like a command grab or something. And it just noped out of the arena. When the attack was over... 
it dropped you back down to the ground and it was gone. And it was, it was out of world stomping around. You could still hear it. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, what do I do? Do I have to homer bone out of this fight? Which we were about to. So I had killed the other thing and it dropped the ring. So I put the ring on and I walked out into the middle of the arena in the lava. And then I just won. Yep. I just said victory achieved. (laughs) And presumably what happened is it just like, it was out of bounds already. So I guess it just walked off of whatever ledge or platform it was on and just fell out of world. It was wild. And you were mad. I wanted to fight it. Because you were like, I can do it. Let me do it. Yeah. I want, and now the only way I can is if I go back and play in New Game Plus. You literally have to play through half the game again. So I was pissed that that happened. And I also had a situation with uh, the Iron Golem fight. Oh, yeah. Where I triggered him not falling off of the the building on the top there without the assist of a a, a certain... Tarkus. Tarkus. Um, He's suspended in midair, just in the sky. And then I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, he, he bugged out and, like, went into his animation for, like, when he starts, when he gets knocked down and he starts falling off the tower. But he must have hit a piece of rubble or something and just ended up, like, 15 feet above the, <laughs> above the arena. Yeah. In his, in his falling animation. And then, and then luckily he reset and came back down. He did. It would have been even funnier if he just noped out and fell. And when he fell, fell off the world and died. But I'm glad that he didn't because then I could actually finish the fight. But, right. But that was wild too. And I think that was really the only two weird, really weird things that happened in the playthrough. But that's just two bosses affected by random crap. Besides, yeah. you know, Well, and then all of the traps that I stepped on. That was also something that was just sort of... So... Crossbreed Priscilla. I don't know that. You didn't fight her. Right. She was the one in the painted world. Yes. And I was like, yeah, you don't have, we don't have to do this. She was like, I don't want to fight you. Please just leave. And you were like, all right. And that was the end of that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Kulag. Yep. That fight was a little bit painful for me. I did okay. I feel like it didn't take me that long, but. That one took you around 10 attempts. And I remember because you were using, um, you were using the purple uh, oh, yeah. blossoms to to heal the Blight Town poison. Just the AoEs in that fight were a little annoying. You were also not specced very well against fire damage. Mm-hmm. And you didn't have as many options to be specced against fire damage at the time. Yeah. Um, I think... I forget if we went back and got your weapon fixed. Because you, you had your weapon broken at some point. And I think at one point you were trying to do that with the axe. Mm-hmm. Which was like your secondary weapon, but yeah. it wasn't nearly as strong. Yeah, I feel like it was in that in that area. But but we may have gone back and gotten that fixed before you went in and did the fight. I don't remember. That fight was interesting. I didn't hate it. It was frustrating at points, but I appreciate the boss design. The arena is fine. There's no cliff. There were lava pits that she puts around the stage. That was the that, part that was annoying. It's yeah. like, I gotta navigate around that and... That was one where you started to get upset. You know what it reminded me you, you of? You started to get a little bit salt. Uh, yeah, I got a little tilted on that. The It reminded me of Link to the Past, um, the ice. Oh, yeah, Trinex, yeah. Trinex doing the ice attack on the side. And it's like, oh, that's so annoying. Yeah, yeah, it's a little like that, actually. That's true. Only can... both heads are fire. Yeah. 
all fire and their boobs yeah and and then it's also a spider somehow yeah (laughs) yeah she wasn't too bad uh i did not fight dark sun gwendolyn that's i left i left the boobs to be because we talked about that how we wanted Anne orlando to to continue being a beautiful facade i'm fine with this yep did i fight demon fire sage yes that's the one that's asylum demon but fire oh yeah you just beat it so fast you don't remember it. yeah that's pretty true god four kings Mm. what a mess that fight is i didn't do too bad on it but it was really annoying and depth perception in that space is so awful yeah you have no idea how close and how far you are to them that's on purpose yeah and it isn't it interesting how like that fight is sort of an optical illusion yeah because being in just a big black space and these things are just kind of this ghostly ethereal thing before you and you can't really see how close or far you are from it. So like, like you get there and you're like, you don't know how big it is. Right. And you just, I think I said multiple times, I don't even know what's happening. Yeah. 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 What is happening? I mean, the first time that you were in there, you were worried about walking off some invisible ledge, <laughs> Yep. which understandable, you can't see anything. And it would be just like this game to be like, oh yeah, it's, you just fall off which, now. Which arena did I actually do that? After I killed the boss, I walked off a pit into a pit um you did it against the against the hydra on the on the lake shore yeah but i don't know if that's what you're talking about no it's something else i'm thinking of you also did it when you were farming humanity was it pinwheel no pinwheel you killed really quickly because pinwheel is easy it was right before um tomb of the giants dragon in that in that arena there's like a water pit in the back and i was like oh what's back here ah (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah you sure did yeah wow i forgot about that yeah that was early on too that was the only other fight that you used a summon on yep aside from uh manis at the end of the dlc which you didn't really have as much trouble with as people thought you were going to what manis yeah uh, you had way more trouble with artorius and the dragon but like a lot of people consider manis to be the hardest boss in the game and i think you beat it in like four or five but I've skipped ahead a bit. What was... uh? We never talked about um, Moonlight Butterfly either. But that was kind of like what... I think I killed... I died once. I don't... You No, you didn't die. I didn't die. You Yeah, you one-shot Moonlight Butterfly. I mean, like... Having gone through some of the stuff that you went through after that, it's like, oh yeah, that... Why was that even a boss? Yeah. I'm just looking through here. <sighs> yeah, I've forgotten some of these. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's Taurus Demon. Bed of Chaos... You want to talk about Bed of Chaos? Boy, that was annoying. Yeah. I don't hate it as bad as a lot of people do. But I mean, like, it's not really a boss. It's just, it, I mean, it's a it's a gimmick fight. Yeah. Run to one side, swing. Run to the other side, swing. Run to the middle, swing. Don't get knocked in a pit. That's the fight. But you, you, they hide in the back. Where you gotta go in order to be able to make, to take two damage. Mm-hmm. And that is frustrating. Because there's no telegraphing. There's no way that you would know. You just have to kind of go explore. And in some ways, that's fine. You know, it's... It's It's chaos. It is chaos. Sure. I mean, it's just a tree. You know, it's fine. It's fine. I I didn't enjoy that fight at all. No one does. Um, I never remember it's there. I always forget Bed of Chaos exists. So, obviously, we talked about Pinwheel being a joke. Yeah. Yes. Hey, you hit it like four times and it died. But then you go like three rooms later and there's like eight of them. Yeah. 
So which was Stray Demon? I'm getting all the demons confused. Stray Demon is the one that is under Asylum Demon. When the floor breaks away. So there's like three versions of Asylum Demon. That's right. There's the original one, and the then there's the, the, the fire one that you hit in Demon Ruins. And then there's Stray Demon, which is the one beneath the floor when you walk back in and it breaks away and you fall down. And then there's another one down there. That one's Stray. Which, I, I think it killed you once. But, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't. A lot of these bosses are going to end up being not terribly memorable for you because it was like, you, you did it really quickly and easily and it didn't make have time to make much of an impact on you. Boy, Seath was annoying, though. Yeah, that's another, like, that's kind of another gimmick fight. And the run back was frustrating. Yeah, it is. I think the bosses that I ended up hating the most were the ones that had the worst run back. Mm-hmm. Aside from ONS. Now, I didn't like the run back in ONS, but... But the fight's good and the music's good. The re- the Actually, the run back for ONS fight specifically is not bad. It's the lead up with the Silver Knights that, that I'm thinking of. And I oh, lumped yeah. that in together, but like... Well, the run back to ONS is not difficult because you don't have to fight through very many things. And most of the, the big tower knights you can just kind of run through. But it's long. Yeah. You have to just run a long way and there's no way to really speed it up. That's what's annoying about that. So especially when it's like, I got to spend three minutes running back to this fight to get killed in 30 seconds. And then spend 10 respawning and another three running back. Like that sucks. Yeah. The, uh, I feel like we're missing something in here. This list is incomplete. Well, you haven't hit any of the DLC bosses. Um... But I know there's, I know there's more. I, you didn't talk about Gwyn himself. What a letdown! I, I even more it. so, even more so after doing the DLC bosses, which are literally built to be harder than the main game. But yeah, Gwyn is a joke, and you didn't even do what most people do, which is parry. The frustrating thing is, I found a, a cheese in the in the geometry, and. I, I hate that I did that a little bit, but at the same time... No, 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 no. That is, that is like, that is like Dark Souls 101. But it felt bad because I one-shot him. You were like level 100 by the time you were done. <laughs> like... It's true. You were in a position, like, I fully expected you to win that in one, in one go. Did I do Sanctuary Garden Guardian? I feel like you must have, but I pulled up a thing. Yes, that remember. was the, that's the first DLC boss. Okay, you also one shot him. Oh, it's in the room right before the the place with the nice mushroom lady. Yeah, I kind of remember that now. Yeah, it you, happened so quickly. I don't remember the fight. Yeah, it you beat him in like less than a minute, and then you were just like, okay. Boy, Calamite was a pain in the ass. Yeah, you really had a hard time with that one, and we almost left the we almost left the. The DLC zone without you even doing it. Yeah, everybody's like, Where, "You gotta go kill the dragon." I'm it's like, like "Yeah, did you, you do Calamite?" And I'm like, "What the hell's Calamite? <laughs> what does that even mean?" Because I don't know that I ever like I. I feel like I might have done that in my playthrough, but I don't remember if I did or not. It just it was annoying. Also, another long run back. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad, but you have to kill doggos, and I don't like killing. That's doggos. true. That sucked. Manus was pretty hard. You did the Sif summon just to see it, and then that, like, that gave you just enough buffer time to just get in there and, and wipe it out. Yeah. I don't think I died 
more than like four times. I think I think you beat it on your fifth attempt specifically because i think someone in chat at the time was talking about you beating it in five. Oh yeah 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 arc, and then it turned yeah and then yeah. it turned out you beat it in exactly five and we had a big thing about it boy you look over all these fights and you're like you know i had fun with this you know okay there's a they're showing all the oh yeah giant cat giant yep. rat mm-hmm. golden crystal golem havel yeah hydra the archer Mm-hmm. The Black Knight. The Bridge Wyvern, which I don't believe I fought. No, and you don't... I don't know if there's a point where you actually fight that. Because what you generally do is stand um, stand on the bridge underneath it, heading towards Rat Boss, and yeah. shoot like a hundred arrows into his tail until he leaves. Yeah. And then you can run in behind him and see what's in that building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is, I didn't mess with that. I, yeah. I did get a lot of souls off of that doing Bell Gargoyle. Just jumping up there, getting the souls for free. Oh yeah, but I didn't. That's never, a that's a fun early grind. I spot. didn't. I didn't ever really engage in that. But all of these bosses, you look over it. Obviously, in the main game, ONS stands out as really memorable. Yep. And I would put Valgargoyle up there too because it's the first wall that I ran into, but it yeah. also is really challenging. And it's the way that it plays out is really interesting when like. You're going through one, and he's not that difficult when he's by himself, but he's hard enough where you're taking him seriously. You're still early on, so you probably don't have a great handle on the game yet. Your weapons probably aren't amazing. So, like, you're struggling through, and you get him down to half health, and you're like, okay, I got this, I got this, I can do this. And then the other one shows up, and you're like, oh my god. Oh, jeez. And it just completely changes everything about the fight. It's the first time that that really happens. Where it's like, oh, whoops, suddenly. Yeah. There's another uh, There's another phase to this fight. And the other phase is just another gargoyle. Yeah. So that really that really stands out as like the, the first time that a, a boss fight really springs a surprise on you like that. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I remember it fondly, but also just out of frustration, <laughs> you know, how long I spent on it. But... Then it's, you then you fight the only... that other one. You felt the uh, fight the other bell gargoyle as you go in to An Orlando, and you're like, I was such an idiot earlier. <laughs> you really just you know how to play the game, and I think yep. it's the first instance in where you're you're still kind of feeling things out, and it feels bad. Yeah. But at the same time, when you finally beat it, the rush, the euphoria of like getting through that moment is really really special. So I put that up there really high. Yeah. Um, my number one boss is Artorias. That fight is fun. It's hard, mm-hmm. but it's fun. That and is it's a it's, super it's like super good fight. mirror match in Mortal Kombat, where you, you're like you're fighting yourself, basically all of the moves pretty that, much that you're yeah. capable of with a and he was strong. Yeah, and it just really you gotta it makes you feel smart. <laughs> yeah, you know you, you're fighting a boss and you're like, oh, I'm smart enough to beat this boss. I have good reflexes. I can I can manage this. It's just fun. There is the design some, is really cool. Also, there's some hitbox BS. Yeah, where like you're trying to roll out of the way of his of his stab attacks and he still hits you. Yeah, but even with that, it is it is one of the best design fights in terms of like it feels like you are fighting a souped up version of yourself. Like you said, a mirror match. It like and I that's for me one of the most fun fights. Is like this is someone who is. Not necessarily exactly the same as you, but generally has the same basic capabilities capabilities Mm -hmm. as you. And you just have to be better. Yep. 
And that's, I mean, it's, it's cool because it's designed as a boss fight and it's clearly meant to like somewhat sort of mirror the idea of doing like a, a, a PVP fight, <laughs> but yeah. it's very not. But when you see him like roll away from your attacks, it's like, oh, something clicks when you see him do the dodge roll. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that's, that's what I do. That's he's, he's fighting like I fight. Yeah. Which is partially true, but then you see him, like, jump up into the air and do this, his, like, big diving stab attack with an explosion. It's like, well, I can't do that. I don't know where we are on YouTube with the stream. I know that's not happened yet. Yeah, no, we shouldn't be there on YouTube yet. So if you're watching on YouTube, spoilers, but yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, I beat the game. We're talking about it. Yeah. This is a spoiler cast, in case you were wondering. Yeah. Um... I got frustrated because of the, the the hitboxes on the sword, and I was mad also because yeah. I almost killed him in one. You sure did. I was real close. You sure did. And then I got tilted because I was super disappointed that I didn't make that happen. It would have been... I, I like... It was super swag. It, I wanted the super swag. It would have been really cool because Artorius is one of the harder bosses. So I got mad that that happened, and then I went on a slide for a bit. Yep. And then when I did beat it, I had a pretty good run. But I was... And then he did some bullshit. He, <laughs> he did. He just used his spammies. He did, he did spam some of the more difficult... Uh, some of the and more I difficult had that happen with... You. Uh, sometimes you're at the mercy of just what attack pattern they choose to do. And sometimes There's, it works in your favor. But sometimes like, it does. In this case, he did... I was really frustrated. Yeah. But, you know, and you get a little bit tilted on it. And usually, as I said, my my mental game on that is walk away and come back. Or maybe upgrade your equipment and then you see You literally it, didn't do that once. I just was like, no, we're doing this now. Yeah. So, like, you like to say, when, I, when I'm frustrated, you're like, you should just set it down for a second. Walk away. I gotta away, be a mom a about it. I don't want you to get mad. I, like... <laughs> but it's part of the thing. You yeah. just... It, like... But that tells you exactly how good of a game it is, especially that fight. When it makes you mad, but it makes you want to keep going. Because that's not the type of gamer that I am. Yeah. I typically don't like to get to the point where I'm tilted or frustrated. I like to stop. You wouldn't even let me finish the sentence. Yeah. I was like, I would be like, I would suggest like, do you want to go and like upgrade some equipment or do you want to go like kindle the bonfire? And I would get as far as like, do you want to, do you want to, no. Yep. And then you just start running back to it. Yep. You're like, you want to come back to it another day? No. I was like, do I, like, or do you want to go to a different area first before you do this? Because there were some situations where you were like a little bit underleveled. And it's like, we can go do something else and like maybe pick up another couple of levels, maybe upgrade some equipment and then just come back to this. The only time you actually did that is um, with Bell Gargoyles. Where we did a little Lean grinding. Yeah, you did like about an hour, hour and a half. And that's of, where I got my beautiful sword. Yep, of off stream off stream grinding, and you picked up some souls and some Titanite shards, upgraded your equipment a little bit, got the Balder side sword, and uh and, you know, practiced parrying and stuff mm-hmm. like that, which didn't help you against bell gargoyles, but it was just you know. No, but in in the same way, like learning to parry and move around an enemy mm-hmm. in space helped immensely with yep. bell gargoyle because you gotta get behind them. I mean I did get some lucky drops too. 
You got a lot of lucky drops. The, I, a lot of the boss weapons. The ta- I got the, the two Belgar Royal Tails. But the tail isn't so much luck. That's just like if you hit them but they in the tail. they got the drop for the weapon, though. Yeah. If you... Well, if you hit the tail and you cut it off, you get the weapon. But that's that's one thing. That's something you can guarantee if you just I do the right that. thing. Um, it's the ones where, like, you kill the thing... And then you get the... And then it has a chance to drop something. And you got, like, most of those. What I will say is you did miss one of the tails you can cut off. But it's not one that you would think. Oh. It's Seath. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And look up, uh, since you have that up right now, look up Moonlight Greatsword. Because honestly, that's probably... It's not something you would have used because I'm pretty sure it's a strength weapon. But you would have been like, ooh. Looking it up now. Yep. You would have you would have enjoyed looking at it. And that's kind of a fun thing because that's in every FromSoft game. The Moonlight Greatsword is like a FromSoft staple that they just put in like every game somewhere somehow. Like, I think it's even in Armored Core games. Oh, really? Yeah. Like all like when I say FromSoft game, like all FromSoft games, I mean like all of them. I don't know where it shows up in Sekiro, but it's a, it's a thing anyway. It's a whole, it's a whole like. So it's a drop and not a boss weapon. Yes. Yeah. You get it from cutting off Seath's tail. And it is, I don't know how useful it is, but it's kind of just like a recurring thing that's in all of the FromSoft games. And it's just pretty. Are you not finding it? No, no. Okay. I will look it up here. Moonlight... Great sword. I'm finally seeing the things you can make with the souls. We never really did any of that with the boss souls. Dragon Slayer Spear is pretty cool looking. That's it. Oh, I think I've seen this image before. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's just a big, it's just a big giant pointy sword and it's kind of glowing greenish turquoise. It's a neat looking weapon. I don't know how useful it is in Dark Souls. Um, yeah, that's another thing is like you pretty much carried Balder through to the end. And uh, we talked about boss weapons. Boss weapons are weird to obtain in one. Mm-hmm. And they are generally considered not that useful because they usually give some sort of special effect, but then a drawback. And it's like, well, I mean you're probably going to do more damage more consistently if you just level up your weapon to to 15 and do stat scaling. Like that's generally that generally gives you the better effects, but it's cool to see them. Now when we play 2, boss weapons are a little bit different and we might end up dipping into that, yeah. to one or two of them cuz the way it works in in 2 and 3, well, at least in 3 I think also in two is like you have the boss soul and there is a character that you take the boss soul to and they're like, hey, I can make something out of this. Do you want me to make something out of this? And then it's either a spell or a weapon or a piece of armor or a shield or whatever it is. Logi. Basically. Yeah, they basically <laughs> just alchemy it into whatever piece of equipment. Yeah. And it's as simple as that. It's like, hey, do you? I, I see you have a thing. I can make these things out of it if you want to spend it. And in Dark Souls 1, it's like you have to have the right ember 
and take it to the right blacksmith, and then you have to have the right weapon that's already leveled up to like 10 or 15, and then you can trans you can transmute that weapon if it's the right one you can transmute this particular weapon into this boss weapon using the soul and then presumably level that up i don't know i think it probably goes up to like plus five or whatever Mm. but yeah that's it's it's way more steps and it's like the only way that it makes sense is if you really feel like grabbing this other weapon and getting all the materials that you need to level it up to the point that it needs to get to and then using the soul to change it into this other weapon and then having it just not do as much damage as the weapon you were already using i mean yeah so it kind of sucks that we didn't get to see any of them because one of the reasons to see them is they're cool but you know and they i think most of them have unique movesets too so I, I was just curious, just because I was thinking about what if, if someone had asked me how I would rate this game, mm. I was curious. So I looked it up on Metacritic and I was really taken with the description that's listed here. For this oh, game. yeah. Project Dark working title. Wow. Is a brand new dark fantasy RPG designed to completely embrace the concepts of tension and dungeon exploration, fear and encountering enemies the joy of new discoveries, and a high sense of achievement in progressing. Mm-hmm. The game is set in a dark fantasy world filled with decadent atmosphere with a heavy emphasis on player freedom in discovering various tactics and strategies to use in weapon-based combat. 1,000% accurate on that description. But, but also, also doesn't describe the game at all. <laughs> it's very vague. The, uh, the description that I'm using for the Dark Souls episodes on YouTube are kind of similar to that as well. Um, it's, it's kind of the, uh, it's kind of the, well, I can, I've got YouTube up right now. I can probably read one of them. Yeah. So this is Namco's like launch description where it's like Dark Souls is the new action role-playing game from the developers who brought you Demon Souls from software. Dark Souls will have many familiar features, a dark fantasy universe, tense dungeon crawling, fearsome enemy encounters, and unique online interactions. Try finger butthole. Yeah. <laughs> nice chest ahead. Yep. Oh. Despair inducing despair inducing world with a vast, fully explorable horizon and vertically oriented landforms. Vertically oriented landforms. Yeah, yes. the bad ones. You're right. Prepare for a new mysterious story. Yeah, it's you finished it and it's still mysterious. Mm-hmm. It's mysterious because they don't actually tell it. New mysterious story centered around the world of Lodran. Lodran? Lodran. Do they call it Lordran? Huh. But most of all, prepare to die. You will face countless murderous traps, count, countless darkly grotesque mobs, and several gargantuan, supremely powerful demons and dragons bosses. This, this might have not been proofread. I was just going to say, as an editor... Yeah. Countless murderous traps, also countless darkly grotesque mobs. Mm-hmm. Use and, a different adjective, please. And dragons bosses. Dragons bosses also. <laughs> That's not possessive. That's just like plural dragons and plural bosses. Like demon souls, I guess. Yeah. You must learn from death to persist through this unforgiving world. And you aren't alone. Dark Souls allows the spirits of other players to show up in your world when the servers are up. 
So you can learn from their deaths and they can learn from yours. You can also summon players into your world to co-op adventure or invade other worlds to PvP battle. What? Okay, other... Uh, to is... PvP battle. Yeah. New to Dark Souls are bonfires, which serve as check... Imagine bonfires being new. Yeah. Which serve as checkpoints as you fight your way through this epic adventure. While rested at bonfires, your health and magic replenish, but at a cost, all mobs respawn. Not all of them. Some don't respawn. That's true. Beware. There is no place in Dark Souls that is truly safe. Not true. Bonfires are. Except for when they're not. Except for when... Well, once you light them and you're sitting at them, you're fine. Except for that one in the Duke's archives where you just <laughs> gotta like, keep getting hit with arrows. Like, please just let me sit down. <laughs> Uh, with days of gameplay and an even more punishing difficulty level, Dark Souls will be the most deeply challenging game you play this year. Can you live through a million deaths and earn your legacy? I didn't die that many times, so I don't know if I've earned a legacy or not. <laughs> you did. Okay. You did. I don't know what your final death count is, but I want to say it's probably under 200. I don't know how that ranks. I feel pretty good about it. I don't know. Most people don't keep a death counter. Yeah. And the game doesn't either. And I never installed a mob that did it, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. Luckily, we have video footage, so I could just go through and count if we really cared. But do we? Uh, it was hard. You died a bunch, and you made it through anyway. Yeah. I'm proud of you. I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, it, towards the end there, when I was really feeling it, I just wanted to play all of the time. And I'm super busy, so <laughs> it became a bit of a, a burden on me. <laughs> <laughs> Like I need, I need a break. But I, I, the only break that I have, all I want to do is play Dark Souls now. The true, the true, like suffering that Dark Souls brings is just wanting to keep playing Dark Souls, but not being able to. Yeah, that's the, the, the true Dark Souls begins here. And it's it's fun to think that you know, okay, next, not this month, but next month, not June, but July. Yeah, when I do go into two. I'm like, okay, I'm really into it. And then I want to play three and then I want to play Sekiro. And then I want to def definitely get into Elden Ring way after everybody has already played it. Yeah. But I've also been thinking about other games that you played that I found to be difficult that I'm like, I kind of want to give that a try. All right, let's get you in Devil May Cry. <laughs> I, you know, I, I always want, I like watching you play it. It's a fun game to play and it's surprisingly mash friendly. Yeah. And I mean, just weirdly, the one that I keep thinking about is Persona 3. Oh, that's a very But different... it's like such a long game. It <laughs> really is, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's also like Persona 4 and 5, we basically played together. Yeah. And 3, I was already at the <laughs> ending when I met you. Like, I, I was like, I'd played most of it and I brought it over to your to your house to like finish it on my memory card or whatever. So, like, you didn't see most of that game and probably weren't paying attention to what until, was there. Until the end, I'm like, it's, a, it's a, that TikTok that you've seen where someone's, like, doing something and you're not really interested, but then you keep looking. Mm -hmm. And then you, like, all of a sudden you're just sitting, you're, you're standing behind them eating chips. And then the next day you're standing behind them eating chips and then you inch a little closer. And then, then, then you're just sitting there and asking, involving yourself in the story. Yep. I mean, like, why did you do that? What is this? What is this thing? And then Who the, is person, that guy? the person playing the game was, can you just shut up and let me play this? I would never. I know you would. I get so excited when you take an interest in what I'm playing <laughs> and when you ask questions about it. I'm but like, let me tell you about that's it. That's basically what happened with P uh, P3, with Persona 3. 
where I'd be like, what's this about? What's this about? What's going on here? This is interesting. And then it's like the very end of the game and I'm like, I don't know what is happening. What is going on? This is so weird. Why, why is, is he changing the wall? Why are you fighting God? What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> but then I watched him play four and five and I'm like, when are you fighting God? <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> that's just how Shin Megami And which God is it? Which one is it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. In summary, Dark Souls is a great game. I really enjoyed it. Technically, you also fight God in Dark Souls. It's true. In a sense. It's true. Yeah. Several of them, arguably. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked it. It was a good game. I'm, I'm su- I was surprised that you uh, took to it as well as you did. Not just that you were good at it, but also that you enjoyed it as much as I love. Okay. Thinking about how far into my playthrough ONS was and hearing people say I got walled at ONS. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you played the game for that long and then you stopped? That hurts me. That hurts me physically to hear you say that because I would have stopped way before that. Yeah, like, yeah If anything, yeah. Bell Gargoyle and them rats would have done me in. Be like, this is bullshit. I don't want to do this anymore. That rat situation where they kept poisoning you every single time through. And it's funny because you went back there to farm humanity like hours and hours later when you're fully decked out and they were still a pain in the ass. Yeah. So it's like, even despite all you've learned, they're just like, the way they're designed is just like, sometimes they just get you. That's just stupid rats. Stupid rats. (laughs) I think the reason that was such a pain for me was because I was trying to manage my Estus. Yeah. I didn't have anything to heal the poison. Right. And so like... And it was early in the game, so you couldn't just go buy uh, moss clumps. Yeah. I think you had, like, two. And I hadn't gotten that other bonfire, so right. I had to keep going through that way. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Annoying. Yeah. That was that was not a fun time for me. And that's what I'm saying. Like, ONS was challenging, but it never got annoying to me. The silver archers got annoying, and the rats got annoying. Yep. And there were obviously some other little boss things that were kind of frustrating, but I never wanted to, like, quit. It is interesting to think about, though, is, like, the areas that you had the most trouble with were not bosses, but just little, like, just little areas, little, like, sections of areas that you you just have to deal with a couple of well-placed enemies that just annoy the crap out of you. I mean, in Blight Town, those, um... Those dwarves were also really annoying early on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Before you even start making the Dwarves? Descent. Are they dwarves? Trolls? Trolls. They're trolls. Yeah. I was like, I think they're a little big to be drawer- dwarves. Yeah, they're trolls. They were also just trolls. Yeah, also, yeah. Because <laughs> they're uh, like, they're big and heavy and they do a, they do a bunch of knockback. We didn't talk, we talked a little bit about platforming, but like, Blighttown? Blight Town, Crystal Cave, Sen's Fortress. All those areas where you're on a sliver of property and you've got to navigate your way through something. Those are the least favorite places to be in general. Didn't enjoy that. Mm-hmm. The whole poison swampy thing at the bottom. Okay, it's annoying because you got to hear the, sh- the the steel brushes on the snare drum for the entire... <laughs> yeah, you got to hear a jazz beat without any music accompanying it. Yep. For the entirety of the area, but... Other than that, I didn't mind the point being down there with the different bugs and yeah, or they're, they're not that, super. Uh, it's annoying and you just it's slow to walk through. But like 
Honestly, walking on a thing and then just falling to your death, like in the tree. Yeah. Like this, I can stand on. This one makes me slide. Crystal caves. Yep. Yeah, just like the platforms being deceptive and just falling to your death is like probably half of most players' deaths, deaths in, in Dark Souls. Yeah. It's just like, whoops, I slipped. <laughs> even even that consider even considering that, I still am happy that I played it. I'm glad that. I saw that my good buddies Ravy and Crystal were like, "Hey, let's try to beat each other." Honestly, racing I, each other, and they were all they were all playing it and excited about it. And I was like, "I want to do that too." Yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna mention earlier, like shout outs to shout outs to those two for like getting you into it, and then you for <laughs> <laughs> suddenly. Oh. And and you for like taking on the challenge late and then beating them both through it. Although I, I mean, think the they're com- both playing Elden Ring too. The competition think, so. aspect of it, I think, kind of went away after a few weeks. Is like because initially, like Kay and Ravy po- uh, like proposed it as a race. Yeah. And and then it was like, all right, we're we're gonna race and play it blind and see who gets through it first. And you didn't really want to join it as a race because, like, from the start, they were going in completely blind. And I, I ha- was I was in your ear the whole time. You were helping me, but I, I also had the hindsight of having watched you do mm-hmm. mostly two and three. I didn't really watch you do one. But if you've seen one, you get the idea. Um, like, one is in any of them. I've watched you play the punch runs of, of two and three. Mm-hmm. I've watched a little bit of you do one. Um, and I do remember some of it, but... It had been such a long time. I'd basically forgotten all of it. So, but yeah, I think it started out as like, "Ooh, I want to be in on this," and then it just became like, "Yeah, I'm having a good time, and I just yeah. want to do it." Yeah, it just became its own thing. And now it's and, and they probably would be done if they were only worried about beating that. But Elden yeah, Ring, Elden Ring came out and Elden they jumped Ring on came it. And came out and they both started playing that at the same time. Right. And so you know, which is to say, on release. True, and I I feel like. Most people have beaten Elden Ring at this point. Don't say anything if you have. I mean, you can say if you beat it, just don't tell us anything about it. Um, Because we're going to definitely get to it. Not that you're going to interact with this podcast by talking to us. and we're You can hear. if you send an email to theretrobreakdown at gmail.com. There you go. But don't say spoilers. Don't say spoilers, please. <laughs> That's rude. Don't do that. Don't do it. Um... We can end here. I feel I feel pretty much I've said everything I want to say. I do hope you check the the play uh, playthrough out on YouTube. Link had, in the description. I had a great time with it, and I feel like there are some really really fun moments. There definitely are, and uh, I think it's a good build, and you can give it a try yourself. Heavy decks, heavy endurance, Havel ring, Havel set, Balder side sword, Balder's shield, Fap ring, Fap ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey fun fact about dark souls 2 four ring slots that sounds nice it does it is i don't remember if that's true or if that's three i think it's two and three you get well i guess we'll have to find out i guess we'll find out soon yeah i'll probably just look it up after the podcast because now now it's bugging me yeah but all right well you'll be back next week yeah and i don't want to say what we're going to talk about yet because we haven't determined if we're going to actually do it but <laughs> We will talk about something, and it won't be Dark Souls. Sadly. 
But we'll probably come back and talk about two later. We'll probably talk more about Dark Souls in the next yeah. podcast, just because it'll still be fresh on our mind, but it won't be the topic. Stick around for the comparison of NBA Jam to Dark Souls. <laughs> Truly the Dark Souls of basketball games. <laughs> it's definitely not. Uh, okay, bye.